Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Hello? Yes? Yes? Who is that? Uh, hold on a second. Well, it's Lord Arpex, sir. No, confound the fellow. This is the second time this morning. Oh, all right, give me the phone. Very good, sir. Wait outside, Sergeant. Uh, yes, sir. Hello, Lord Harpex. This is Sir Graham. Huh? Oh, no, no, I'm afraid we haven't. Chief Inspector Dale and Chief Inspector Harvey haven't returned from Birmingham yet. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, of course. Oh, by all means, Lord Harpex. By all means. Confounded insurance people. I don't know what the devil he thinks we're here for. Inspector Dale and Inspector Harvey, sir. Oh, good. All right, Sergeant. Let me have the map I asked for sometime before noon. Yes, sir. Oh, come in, Dale. Come in, Harvey. Good morning, Sir Graham. Well, it's the same gang. There's no question of it. Eight thousand pounds worth of diamonds. The night watchman is... is dead, sir. Dead? Yes. Poor devil was chloroformed. I don't think they meant to kill him. According to the doctor, he was gassed during the war and his lungs were pretty groggy. This is bad, Dale. Bad. He's a new man. He'd only been with Sterling's a month or so. Did you check up on him? Yes. His name was Rogers. Lefty Rogers. He was working at Sterling's under the name of Dixon. Had he a record? He'd a record, all right. Everything from petty larceny to blackmail. Ah. Inspector Merritt was already on the job when we arrived, sir. Inspector Merritt? Oh, yes. Now, who discovered the robbery in the first place? One of the constables on night duty, a man called Finlay. He noticed the side door had been forced open. At least that's his story. You don't believe him? No. I think he was in the habit of having a chat with Rogers or Dixon, whichever you like to call him. In fact, he almost admitted as much. The night watchman used to make coffee, and I rather think P.C. Finlay has... Uh, Liking for coffee? You're thinking you, Dixon, was an ex-convict? No, I don't think so. This is the fourth robbery in two months, Dale. We've got to get him this time. We've got to get him. There wasn't a mark on the safe. It hadn't been for the other robberies. I'd have sworn this was an outside job. What did Merritt have to say? He's in a complete daze, poor devil. He's got some fancy sort of theory about a huge criminal organization. I think Inspector Merritt has a rather theatrical imagination. You don't think we're up against a criminal organization, then? Oh, good heavens, no. Criminal organizations are all very well between the pages of a novel, sir. But when it comes to real life, well, they just don't exist. Yeah. Is that your opinion, too, Harvey? Well, to be perfectly honest, Sir Graham, I'm rather inclined to agree with Merritt. At first, I thought we were up against the usual crowd who are having an... An uncanny run of good luck. But now I'm rather inclined to think otherwise. You see, in the first place, there are certain aspects of this business which, to my way of thinking, 
indicate the existence of a really super mind. A man with an unusual flair for criminal organization. I know it sounds fantastic and all that, sir. I feel rather reluctant to believe it myself, but we must face the facts. The facts are pretty grim. Yeah. First, there was the case of Smithson's of Gloucester. 17,000 pounds worth of stuff spirited away without so much as by your leave. Then there was the Lester business, 9,000 pounds worth. Then there was the Derby affair, 4,000 pounds. And mark you, we had the Derby shop covered. We were, in fact, to all intents and purposes, prepared for the raid. But that didn't stop it from happening. Then on top of everything else, there's this affair in Birmingham. 8,000 pounds worth of diamonds. No, Sir Graham. If we were up against the usual crowd, Benny Lever, Dopey Groman, Spilly Stetson, and all that lot, we'd have had them under lock and key ages ago. I firmly believe, Sir Graham, that we're up against one of the greatest criminal organizations in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where was the night watchman when this fellow uh, Finlay discovered him? In his usual spot, sir. He had a tiny office at the back of the shop. I suppose you questioned this man, Finlay? Good morning, yes, sir. I was with him almost an hour. Did you see the night watchman, Dale, before he died? No, sir, but Harvey did. Well, Harvey? It was pretty groggy when I saw him. The doctor wouldn't let me stay above a couple of minutes. Did he say anything? Yes. Yes, as a matter of fact, he did. Well, what did he say? It was just as I was on the verge of leaving. He turned over on his side and mumbled a few words. They sounded almost incoherent at the time. As a matter of fact, it wasn't until a minute or so later that I realized what he'd said. Well, what did he say? He said, the green finger. The green finger? Yes. But, but that doesn't make sense. Uh, just a minute, Dale. You remember that man we fished out of the river about a month ago? We thought he might have something to do with that job at Leicester. I think you found his print on the back Oh, yes, Snipey Jackson. I was with Lawrence at the time when he found him. Whatever was floating down the river like an empty sack. I say, don't you remember... Don't you remember what he said just before he died? I'm sure I'm right. Why, I believe he... He said, said the green finger. Yes. The green finger. The, the same as the night watchman. But... What is this green finger? What does it mean? That, my dear Chief Inspector Harvey is one of the many things we're here to find out. I don't think there's any doubt that Snipey Jackson was tied up with that Lester job. Henderson found two of his fingerprints on one of the showcases. Yes. I reckon that was the reason why you and Lawrence had the pleasure of fishing him out of the Thames. Well, people who are up against know how to deal with the incompetence. That's one thing I'll say for them. Sir Graham, do you believe the same as Harvey and Inspector Merritt that we are up against a definite criminal organization? Yes. Yes, I do, Dale. I suppose you've seen the newspapers, Sir Graham. Oh, yes, 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 I've seen them. <laughs> send for Paul Temple. Why doesn't Scotland Yard send for Paul Temple? They've even had placards out about the fellow. The press has been very irritating over this affair, very irritating. Paul Temple. Isn't he the novelist chap who helped us over the Tenworthy murder? Yes. Well, he caught old Tenworthy. I'll say that for him. By the way, he's a friend of yours, isn't he, Harvey? I know him, yes. Temple is just an ordinary amateur criminologist. 
He's had a great deal of luck over the Tenworthy affair. And a great deal of excellent publicity for his novels. I don't think Paul Temple exactly courted publicity, Sir Graham. Oh, don't be a fool, Hardy. Of course he did. All these amateurs thrive on publicity. Well, you must admit, Sir Graham, we were a little relieved to see the last of the elusive Mr. Tenworthy. Yes, and just at the moment, I should be considerably relieved to hear the last of Mr. Paul Temple. Ever since this confounded business started, people have been bombarding us with letters. Send for Paul Temple. Send for Paul Temple. Send. Well, what is it, Sergeant? Your map, sir. You remember you asked me to bring oh, it? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Well, uh, put it on the desk. Very good, sir. Well, now, gentlemen, you see this map. It's a map covering the exact area in which, so far, the criminals have confined their activities. You'll see the towns which have already been affected. Gloucester, Leicester, Derby, and Birmingham. The map starts at Nottingham and comes as far south as Gloucester, covering, in fact, the entire Midlands. Gentlemen, somewhere in that area are the headquarters of the greatest criminal organization in Europe. That organization must be smashed. <laughs> so what did you say? I said, my dear madam, the story may be hackneyed, the psychology may be warped, the characters may be unpleasant. But by Timothy, the spelling's terrific. <laughs> <laughs> well, I enjoyed your last book, Mr. Temple, even though I didn't guess who committed the murder. Uh, when did you first start taking an interest in criminology? I mean, uh, an active interest. About two years ago, I assisted the police in the investigation of a crime known as the Tenworthy Affair. I had certain set theories about the matter which I was able to put into practice. Fortunately, or unfortunately, whichever way one looks at it, they proved successful. Tenworthy. Tenworthy. Now, let me see, wasn't it something to do it with... It was a that? murder case, Doctor. A man called Tenworthy murdered his wife by gently pushing her over leaking clips in Cornwall. How horrible. Yes, it wasn't very pleasant. Naturally, I received a great deal of publicity over the affair, and the police, I regret to say, were made to look rather foolish. But you must have taken an interest in the case from the very beginning. I mean, you just didn't sort of... Sort of trot along and make a lot of Charlie Chan observations. <laughs> Don't be silly, Diana. Uh, Mr. Temple is far too modest. I remember reading about the Tenworthy affair. As a matter of fact, they arrested a young fellow called Roberts, who had nothing whatever to do with the case, if I remember rightly. Yes, Len Roberts. By Timothy, that boy had a near shave. Well, no wonder all the newspapers are saying sin for Paul Temple. <laughs> The newspapers, like your uncle, are inclined to exaggerate my ability, Miss Thornley. I'm afraid they see in me what is technically described as good copy. <laughs> I know the sort of thing. Popular novelist solves murder mystery. Popular novelist defies Scotland Yard. Mm, yes. I've been reading a great deal about these robberies. Uh, they really are remarkable, you know. Four robberies in six months, and all within the same area. I'm not one for grumbling, but I really do think it's about time the police started to show some results. Uh, now, look at that business in Birmingham, only this week. According to the papers, nothing's happened about it. The police haven't even got a single clue. Yes. The night watchman was murdered, too. Murdered? Oh, I didn't know that. Apparently, he was chloroformed and didn't recover from it. I have a sort of feeling that was an accident. Yes. Perhaps you're right. <laughs> oh, we shall soon start thinking we've settled down in the wrong country, Diana. Timothy, <laughs> yes. It really is. I had a drive over to Windrush. It was simply glorious. Mr. Temple? Yes? What do you really think about these robberies? Do you think it's the work of an organized sort of 
sort of gang or, or do you think... <laughs> oh, come, Diana. Don't start troubling Mr. Temple with a lot of newspaper nonsense. <laughs> no, seriously. I should really like to know what you think about it all. Well, Miss Thornley, if I were Scotland Yard... Yes? If I were Scotland Yard... Yes? I should send for Paul Temple. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Price? Chief Inspector Harvey of Scotland Yard would like to see you, sir. Um... Chief Inspector Harvey. All right, Price, show him in. Hello, old boy. Nice to see you again. Hello, Harvey. How are you? I'm fine. Believe it or not, I'm actually giving crime a rest for a couple of weeks. <laughs> Just happened to be in this part of the world, and I thought I'd drop in on you. Splendid, by Joe, splendid. Harvey, this is a neighbor of mine, Dr. Milton, and his niece, Miss Thornley. Chief Inspector Harvey. How do you do, Miss Thornley? How do you do, Doctor? How do you do, Inspector? We're so glad to hear that this isn't a professional visit. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't you think we'd better be making tracks for home, Uncle? Oh, please. No, really, Mr. Temple, Diana's right. I never like to be later than 10.30 if I can possibly help it. And it'll take us at least a quarter of an hour. Very well, Doctor. But don't let the inspector frighten you away. <laughs> it does look rather like a guilty conscience, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it does. Good night, Inspector. Glad to have met you. Good night. Good night. Good night, Doctor. Can't be a second, Harvey. Help yourself to the drinks. Well, Harvey, how are all the bright little boys at Scotland Yard? Hmm? Mm, not very bright, I'm afraid. I say, who did you say that fellow was? Which fellow? Oh, Dr. Milton. He's a retired medico. He bought Ashdown House about six months ago. You probably remember the place. It used to belong to Lord Snareston. What I'd seen him before, somewhere. You've probably seen his photograph. He's only been in this country since last September. He was a specialist in Sydney, I believe, or somewhere like that. Cigar? Thank you. Well, what brings Chief Inspector Harvey to Bramley Lodge? You don't expect me to swallow that holiday story you handed out? It did sound rather sensible. Hmm. Well, I don't suppose you need three guesses to know why I'm here. No, I don't, Harvey. I don't mind telling you things are in pretty serious condition at the yard. During the last six months, nearly 50,000 pounds worth of diamonds have been spirited away from under our very noses. If you can take it from me, Temple, this is only the beginning. There's going to be bigger stuff than this, unless I'm very much mistaken. Go on. We're up against something we've never even experienced before in this country. A cleverly planned, well-directed criminal organization. <laughs> I know it sounds fantastic. I know just what you're thinking. But it's the truth, Temple. You can take it from me, it's the truth. Have you made any attempts to trace any of the stuff? Good heavens, old boy, yes. There isn't a fence in the country we haven't swooped down. And you haven't found anything? Not a damn thing. You must be getting the stuff out of the country by some means or other. Yes, but how? Not through the usual channels. That we do know. Who's on this case? Anyone else besides yourself? Yes, Dale. The fellow called Merritt. I think you've met him. He's a local. Yes, I know Inspector Merritt, all right. Does Sir Graham know that you've um, come to see me? Well... As a matter of fact, all men know. I thought that with you being in the, the actual district, we might uh, sort of... Sort of have an unofficial chat about the matter, is that it? 
Yes. Mm. I'm sorry, Temple, but you know what Sir Graham feels like about outsiders. Yes, I know, Harvey. Tell me, Harvey, did you see the night watchman on the Birmingham job, the fellow who died? Yes, his name was Rogers. He was next come. Did he say anything before he... Only sound for a few seconds. The doctor wouldn't let me stay any longer. But whilst I was there, he said very quietly, the green finger. At the time, I thought the poor devil was delirious and talking nonsense. Now, however, I'm not so sure. What makes you say that? Well, about a month ago, Dale fished a fellow out of the Thames. A man by the name of Snipey Jackson. He was wanted in connection with the Lester job. Poor devil was practically gone when they dragged him into the boat. But Dale is absolutely certain he said exactly the same words as the night watch. The green finger? Yes. Mm-hmm. When did you come down from London, Harvey? This afternoon. In the same little general. The little general? Oh, you mean the inn. Good heavens, don't be silly. You must stay here. There's bags of room. We'll run down and get your things. Oh, look here, old boy. I don't want to put you to any trouble. Right, right. Timothy, you're the limit. I'll tell Price to get the car ready. Coming in? No, I'll wait outside. Jump be above a minute or two. My things are upstairs. Yes, right, sir. Hello, Mr. Temple. Eh? What were you doing here this time of night? Hello, Ben. I'm just waiting for a friend of mine. How's the farm, eh? Don't talk to me of farms. They'd be more darn trouble than they're worth. <laughs> well, here's a cigar, Ben. Have a smoke when you get home. Why, thank you, I will. Make the house smell proper Christmassy, this will. <laughs> Good night, Ben. Good night to you. Yours, a chapel coming to the end of yes. it. Yes, what's happened? My God, it's awful. It's awful. What's happened? He shot himself. Shot himself. No. No, no, that can't be true. I tell you, he's shot himself. I was... We'd better go inside. He's dead, Benny? Yes. He's dead, all right. Whatever made him do it? He's coming here large as life. What, across Please, the... Please, just a minute. What are you looking for? Are you on the telephone? Yes, it's over there. Thank you. Hello? Sergeant Morrison, this is Paul Temple speaking. Sergeant, you'd better come along to the little general. There's been an accident. Well, it might be suicide. Yes, straight away. Oh, and bring Dr. Thorne if you can get him. Oh, I see. Well, in that case, give Dr. Milton a ring and tell him I've been in touch with you. Yes, yes, naturally. What did you mean, might be suicide? You what were you doing not... when my friend arrived? Huh? What was I doing? I, I was doing a crossword puzzle. Where were you? Behind the bar? Yes. Would you mind telling me exactly what happened? No, no, of course not. This fellow comes in and says he's changed his mind about staying here the night and he pops upstairs and brings his suitcase down. There it is, over there. Oh. And then what? 
Well, then he, he asked me if I could change a quid. I said yes, because he did a back parlour to get the money. When I get back, I see him just like he is now. Laying all twisted up like, with a gun in his hand. Super, I didn't half turn queer. Was there anyone else here when he arrived? No, of course not. Place would be deserted since half past eight. Mm. Are you the landlord? Yes, that's me. Horace Daly's the name. You're new here, aren't you? Yeah, I've been here about six months. I bought a place from a chap called Sharp. I mean, he was sharp, all right. This place is a proper white elephant. Tell me, could anyone else have come in here whilst you were in the parlour? Yes, they could have come from outside or from upstairs. No one entered from the street, I'm sure of that. I say, why didn't I hear the shot? That's what I can't understand. The gun was fitted with a silencer. Cool. He did himself an install, didn't he? Hello. Must have been left-handed. Yes, looks like it, doesn't it? Gun in his left hand, all right. Is there anyone else staying here at the moment? Yes, uh, old dame what calls herself Miss Parchment. She arrived yesterday afternoon. Says she's on a walk into her, the Vale of Evesham. Don't look much like a hiker to me, though. Have you seen her tonight? Yes, she popped in here about half past nine. Hmm. What about the servants? There's two maids, that's all. The rest sleep out. I see. Looks terrible, doesn't he, eh? This business has made me proper nervy. I think you'd better fetch Miss Parchment down. I'd like to have a word with her. Miss Parchment? What do we want her for? The sergeant will insist on seeing her, so there's no reason why she shouldn't be brought down right away. Uh, all right. Did you say so, Gunnar? And you'd better tell her what's happened. We don't want her fainting or anything like that. Uh, if you ask me, she'll pass right out. <coughs> the bar. Mm -hmm. You've been quick. Yes. Where's Miss Parchment? She'll be down in a minute. Have you told her about... Yes. And would you believe it? She was as cool as a cucumber. Talk about some of us men being hard-boiled. Why, if you... Oh, here she is. Miss Parchment? Yes. My name's Temple. Paul Temple. I'm most awfully sorry to disturb you at this time of night, but circumstances... Oh, please don't apologize, Mr. Temple. Really, what a dreadful business this is. What a dreadful business. What time was it when you went to your room, Miss Parchment? Now, let me see. It would be about ten o'clock. I sat for a short while reading. I prefer to read in bed as a rule, but the book I'm reading at the moment is so very interesting. Yes, I'm sure it is. I trust you've sent for the police, Mr. Temple. I do feel... Yes, the sergeant's on his way here now. What a dreadful shock it must have been for you. Personally, I can never understand the mentality of anyone who commits suicide. It always seems what to me... What makes you so certain that this is suicide? What makes me so certain? But surely it must be suicide. 
Unless, of course, Mr. Daly shot him. Here, none of them insinuations. I couldn't kill anyone, see? Not even if I wanted to. Can't stand the sight of blood. Makes me proper queer-like. But there doesn't seem to be much blood, Mr. Daly. It's enough to give me the jitters. And if it comes to that, why wasn't you in bed when I knocked on your door? Because, my dear Mr. Daly, I was reading. Like to bet it was a murder story. You'd lose your bet, Mr. Daly. It was a book on old English inns. I'm very interested in old English inns. Seems a funny thing to be interested in to me. I can assure you it's most engrossing. Um... How long did you intend to stay here, Miss Parchment? I hadn't quite made up my mind, most probably till the end of the week. You didn't say that when you signed the register. You said it was only for one night. It was my original intention, merely to stay for the one night. But I found this inn so very, very interesting. Interesting? What the hell's interesting about it? Why, so many things, my dear Mr. Daly. Do you realize the actual inn itself is over 500 years old? Think of it. 500 years. Well, I've only been here the last six months. That's long enough for me. The place is dead after our past eight. 500 years. Right, Timothy, that's certainly a long time. But I was under the impression it was built about... Uh, 1750. Oh, no. Oh, dear, no. It goes back much farther than that. And why should it be called the Little General? Surely... It was renamed the Little General about 1805. Before that, it had a much more interesting name. You seem to know that dickens of a lot about this place. It's all in the book I'm reading, Mr. Daly. It's all in the book. Come here. Can't we cover him up with something till the sergeant arrives? He looks horrible just laid there, staring up at the ceiling. Yes, yes, all right. Uh, I'll, I'll get a sheet from the linen cupboard. I won't be having it. Was he a very great friend of yours, Mr. Temple? Not exactly what one would call a, a great friend. It was more a sort of... A sort of business acquaintance. I see. You know, when I first saw him, I had a vague sort of suspicion that I'd seen him somewhere before. Of course, when me... His name's Harvey. Chief Inspector Harvey of Scotland Yard. Scotland Yard? Oh, dear. Oh, dear. You say this inn wasn't always called the Little General? No. Then, what was it called? <laughs> A most intriguing title, Mr. Temple. I'm sure you'll like it. Well? It was called The Green Finger. The Green Finger. Are you sure of this? Oh, quite sure. It's all in the book I'm reading, Mr. Temple. A most interesting book. Here's the sheet, Governor. Now we can cover him up a bit. If there's anything I hate the sight of, it's a fellow that's gone at... Hello, what's that? It sounds to me like the sergeant and Dr. Milton. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
suicide, but from the tone of his voice, it could be more serious than that. Oh, Taking a hell of a long time about it. Will you want me to remain out here, Sergeant, or uh, come in with you? You'd better come with me, Hunter. Oh, very good, Sergeant. Good evening, Mr. Temple. Evening, Daly. Thank heavens you've come. I was just about to kill the body. Inspector Harvey. Good gracious, why... Why... Why, this is... If you please, Doctor. Oh, yes. Yes. I'm sorry, Sergeant. Could we have another light on, please? I can't see very clearly. Hodges, take a look at the back of this place. I think there's some sort of a courtyard. Very good, Sergeant. Well, Doctor? He's been dead about a quarter of an hour, I should say. He must have died almost instantly. Hmm. Uh. Now, I'd like a few details, if you don't mind. Was the deceased a friend of yours, Mr. Temple? Well, not exactly what one would call a friend, Sergeant. I knew him fairly well. His name is Harvey. Chief Inspector Harvey of Scotland Yard. Scotland Yard? I see. Was he staying the night here? Well, he was and he wasn't, as you might say, Sergeant. Well, was he? Perhaps it would be better if you allowed me to explain, Sergeant. Well? Inspector Harvey was on holiday. He called in to see me about, about 10.15 this evening. Dr. Milton and his niece had been dining with me were on the point of leaving. Harvey gave me to understand that he was staying the night here at the Little General. Unfortunately, I persuaded the poor devil to change his mind and stay the night with me. We came down here to get his luggage. What time would that be? Oh, about 11.15, I should say. Certainly no later. Go on. Well... I waited outside for him in my car. After about five minutes or so, Mr. Daly came running out. He was very excited and obviously upset. He told me that Harvey had shot himself. Hmm. Now let's hear your side of the story, Daly. Mr. Daly, if you don't mind. Very well, let's hear your side of the story, Mr. Daly. Hmm. Well, I was stood behind the bar doing a crossword puzzle when this fellow comes in and... Says he's changed his mind about staying here the night. He pops upstairs and brings down his suitcase. Then he asks me if I could change a quid. I says, yes, and goes into the back parlour to get the money. When I gets back, I sees him just like he is now. Quid. Wasn't half a nasty shock, I can tell you. Hmm. Had you seen him before? Of course I had. I was here when he first arrived. What time would that be? Oh, I don't know, about five perhaps. Was there anyone else in here tonight when he returned for his luggage? Oh, yes, dozens of people. About 15 platinum blondes and a couple of film stars. We had a gala night, Sergeant. You must join in the fun sometime. Don't try and be funny and answer the question. Anyone here that caught up past 11 caught? That policing place is dead after our past eight. Is there anyone staying here at the moment? Yes, Sergeant. 
This lady, Miss Parchment. Oh. Oh, yes. Well, ma'am, can, uh, can you throw any light on this matter? I'm afraid not, Sergeant. I was in my room reading when Mr. Daly arrived with the news that this gentleman had shot himself and that a Mr. Temple wished to see me. Naturally, I was dreadfully upset about the matter and you so... You didn't look very upset to me. I have learnt to control my emotions. Miss Parchment, how long have you been staying here? I arrived yesterday afternoon, Sergeant. I'm on a walking tour of the Vale of Evesham. I'm interested in old English inns, very old English inns. Yes? Yes. Uh, just so. Could I have your full name and permanent address? Certainly. Amelia Victoria Parchment. Amelia Victoria Parchment. 47B Brook Street, London. 47B Brook Street, London. Uh, West Central 1. WC1. Mm, thank you. Now, Mr. Daly, could anyone have come in here whilst you were in the back parlor? Yes, they could have come from either upstairs or from the street. What about from the back? There's an open courtyard, isn't there? Yes, but there's no way of getting into the inn except through the back parlour, and I was in there all the time. Hmm. Well, I just... There's nothing in the courtyard, Sergeant, except a lot of blessed pigeons. <laughs> hmm. Mr. Temple, I, I wonder if you'd mind running me back to the station? I feel that I ought to have a word with Inspector Merritt about this. Certainly. Awfully sorry to keep you hanging about, Doctor. That's all right, Sergeant. That's all right. The police docks down with flu, and Mr. Temple suggested that... Only too glad to be of service, Sergeant. Think nothing of it. Thank you, sir. You can go to your room, Miss Parchment. I doubt whether the inspector will want to see you tonight. Oh. Thank you. Good night, Sergeant. Good night. Good night, Mum. I say, what the hell's going to happen to this fellow? We can't just leave him here all the time. I'll attend to that, Daly. Hodges, I think you'd better wait at the front. And don't let anyone enter. Very good, Sergeant. We'll be as quick as we can, Doctor. That's all right. They've gone. Yes. I don't like it. I don't like it. Don't be a damn fool. Everything's turned out perfectly. You had any more information about the Lemington job? Yes. It came through this morning. Well? We meet on Tuesday. Tuesday? Phew. Here or at your place? Here. In the locked room at the police station here tonight... Chief Inspector Dale discussed with Mr. Paul Temple, the celebrated novelist, the incidents leading up to the tragic suicide of Inspector Harvey of Scotland Yard. <clears throat> it is believed that shortly before his death, Chief Inspector Harvey discussed with Mr. Temple the right, mysterious... Right, 
Uh, shall I read you what the Daily Page says, sir? No. I think we'll leave that to the imagination. Did anyone call yesterday while I was at the station with Inspector Dale? Several reporters, sir. Oh, uh, and a rather elderly lady by the name of Miss Parchment. Miss Parchment? Uh, what the devil does she want? The lady didn't leave a message, sir. Hmm. I'm rather afraid several of the reporters will be returning this morning, sir. They seem quite determined to have a word with you. I don't want to see any of them. Why, Timothy, I must get down to that serial press. I promised to let me help us have the first installment by the end of May. There was one reporter who seemed very insistent, sir. She simply wouldn't take no for an answer. Wouldn't she, Price? A very pretty girl, too, sir. If <coughs> I may say so. By all means, say so, Price. A very pretty girl who wouldn't take no for an answer. Mm-hmm. Sounds interesting. Now, what was the young lady's name? I made particular note of it because I thought it sounded rather silly for... Ah, Steve. Steve Trent. Steve Trent. Well, if Miss Steve Trent calls round again... I'm out, Price. I haven't the slightest wish. Uh, it's the door, sir. Excuse me. It'll be Inspector Daly. You better show him in here. Very good, sir. I'm very sorry, Mr. Temple. You told me yesterday. I'm not going to tell you. The devil is all this. Price, who is it? It's... It's the young lady, sir. Which young lady? The, uh, the reporter, sir. Oh. I see. May, may I come in? Um, yes, I think perhaps you'd better. All right, Price, you can go. Thank you, sir. He's very determined, isn't he? Yes, yes, very. I say, look here, you can't come bursting into people's houses like this. I'm sorry, but... You are Paul Temple, aren't you? Yes. I tried to see you yesterday, but your man said you were out. Well, I... What is it you wanted to see me about? Do you think Chief Inspector Harvey committed suicide? My dear Miss Trent, I don't see it. It makes a great deal of difference what I think. Please. Please answer my question. Do you think Chief Inspector Harvey committed suicide? Why, Timothy, you are a remarkable young woman. First of all, you're in You haven't answered my question. No. No, I think he was murdered. I knew it. I knew it. I knew they'd get him. Why do you say that? Gerald Harvey was a friend of mine. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. My man told me that you were a reporter. Yes, that's true. I'm on the staff of the Evening Post. But that's not why I wanted to see you. Why did you want to see me? Because I need your help. Because I need your help more than I've ever wanted anything in my life before. Was Harvey a very great friend of yours? He was my brother. Your brother? Yes. My real name is Harvey, Louise Harvey... I chose the name of Steve Trent partly for professional reasons and partly for another reason, too. When I suggested that your brother might have been murdered, you said, I knew it, I knew it. I knew they'd get him. What did you mean by 
I knew they'd get him. Why do you think my brother came to see you, Mr. Temple, the night he was murdered? I don't know. I'm not at all certain that he had any particular reason. He had. A very good reason. Well? My brother was investigating the mysterious robberies which had been occurring. He had a theory about these robberies which I believe he wanted to discuss with you. A theory? About eight years ago, my brother was attached to what was then called a service BY. It was a special branch of the Cape Town Constabulary. At this particular time, a very daring and successful gang of criminals were carrying out a series of raids on various jewellers within a certain area known as the Cape Town, Simonstown area. My brother and another officer, whose name I forget at the moment, were in charge of the case. After months of investigation, they discovered that the leader of the organization was a man who called himself the Knave of Diamonds, but whose real name was Max Lorraine. Lorraine, apparently, was a well-educated man who, at one time, had occupied an important position at Columbia University. Eventually, the organization was smashed. But the Knave had laid his plans very carefully, and he escaped. Two months later, the officer who had assisted my brother in the investigation was murdered. It was not a pleasant murder. This was followed almost immediately by two attempts on my brother's life. Please go on. From the very first moment when Gerald was put in charge of this Midland case, he had an uneasy feeling at the back of his mind that he was up against Max Lorraine. I saw him a few days before he came up to see you, and he told me then that he was almost certain that Max Lorraine, alias the Knave of Diamonds, was the real influence behind the robberies which he and Inspector Dale were investigating. I think he was a little worried, rather frightened. Had your brother discussed with Sir Graham, or any of his colleagues, his theory regarding this man, Lorraine? No. No, I don't think so. Why not? Because he knew only too well that they would never believe him. Never believe him? The knave is hardly the sort of person one can talk about and sound convincing. He's like a character snatched from the most sensational thriller and imbued with a strange satanic intellect. You think that sounds silly, don't you? Well, uh, it sounds a little unusual. Mr. Temple, do you believe me? Do you believe my story about this man, Lorraine? Yes. Yes, I believe you. But tell me, did your brother ever see him? Did they ever meet? No. No, not once. But he knew his methods. He knew everything about him. And he was afraid. The night your brother came to my house, he told me that he was firmly convinced that a well-directed criminal organization existed. But he didn't mention anything about this man, Max Lorraine. Why not, I wonder? I don't know. He intended to, I'm sure of that. He wanted your help over this case. He had a very great admiration for you. It was Gerald who persuaded me to start the Send for Paul Temple campaign in the Engli Evening Post. <laughs> My Timothy, you certainly started something. A little while ago, you said you chose the name of Steve Trent. Not only for professional reasons, but partly for another reason, too. What did you mean by that? Gerald was terrified that Lorraine might find out that he had a sister. 
Even in Cape Town, Gerald made me live with relatives under an assumed name. Was he naturally precautious over everything? No. But he knew that Max Lorraine would stop at nothing. Your brother must have known a great deal about this man. Yes, a great deal. And the day before he died, he passed that information on to me. To you? That they mean danger. Great danger. You realize that? Yes. What is it you know about Max Lorraine? I know that he has a small scar above the right elbow. That he smokes Russian cigarettes. And is devoted to a girl who answers to the name of Ludmila. Miss Trent, you said you wanted my help. You said you wanted my help more than you've ever wanted anything in your life before. What did you mean by that? I meant that from now on I wanted to be Paul Temple versus Max Lorraine. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I was just thinking of something Price said before you arrived here. Well? He said you simply wouldn't take no for an answer. Now that I've shown you, is that quite clear, Dixie? Yes, it seems quite clear. Diana will be parked at the corner of Regent Street. I've got to get from the jewelers to the car, pass the stuff over, and then mingle with the crowd in front of the dress shop. Yes, that's right. And stay there. Don't make any attempt to sneak away until the crowd moves. Don't worry. I won't. Have you looked the place over? Yes. I had a look around this morning. Yeah, not very difficult. I should be out in a little under seven minutes. Good. Now, Skid. I want you to have a look at this map. Okay, Dr. Milton. I'm looking. See Regent Street? Yeah, I see it. That's where Diana will park the car. Now, take a look at the corner. You can see the jewelers and the dress shop the moment you come round the bend. The chief wants you to come round that corner at 7.40 precisely. You should reach the dress shop about 7.41. Then let it rip. Got that? Yeah, I got it all right. And we want a good job made of this, no half measures. Straight through the dress shop window. You understand, Skid? Sure. We want noise and plenty of it. Don't worry, I'll wake up the old blasted town. Good. Well, thank God it's you and the lorry and not me. Shut up, Horace. You'll be all right, Skid, if you keep your head. All you've got to do is make it look genuine. It'll look genuine, all right. Well, I hope so. Do I wait for the smash before... No. At 7.40, get to work. You won't have much time, but it shouldn't take any longer than the Gloucester job. Don't worry about me, Doc. I'll be out of there in no time. Have you got a list of the stuff? I'm expecting Diana with it. She went to see the chief this morning. Hey, Doc. Who is this fellow who calls himself a knave? You've been running us around now for three months, and we ain't even so much as had a glimpse of him. Don't you think that well, we Well, don't worry me or the fellow is. 
He can be Sir Graham Forbes himself, as far as I'm concerned. All I know is he can certainly organize a cool 40000 in three months. Boy, that's what I call money. I'm not grumbling. Just sort of curious, that's all. Sign me a... Oh, the hell is the knife, Doc? You'll find out, my friends. All in good time. <laughs> all in good time. Say, Doc, where do you come into this Leamington job? Does Diana... As soon as you pass the stuff to Diana, she drives straight to Warwick. I take it over at Warwick and get the stuff back here. Horace does the rest. It'll be in Amsterdam by Saturday. Any idea what cut we're going to get out of this? I'm not sure. Frobisher's got a pretty heavy stock. There's a ring worth 6,000 pounds. 6,000? The knave can certainly pick him. Wait a minute. There's somebody at the panel. It's all right, Skid. It's only Diana. No, I mean, you aren't half jumpy. Sorry, I'm late, dog. No. no don't shut the panel. Why not? Chief's coming. A chief? No, Amy. Here? Yes. Oh. Still, I think we'd better shut it. He's coming here? The knave? Yes. He's got the Birmingham money. It came through this morning. Well, I mean, that's quick work. Have you given them the Leamington details? Yes. How do you feel about it, Skid? Do you think you can manage the smash all right? Yes, it's easy as falling off a lock. Good. We want as much row as possible. Remember that. And as soon as you hit the dress shop, you might work it that your horn sticks. You ought to be able to fix that all right. Sure. And don't forget to dash back to the shop, Dixie. There's bound to be a crowd. Okay. Have you got a list of the stuff? Yes. Here we are. Ooh. Any good, Dixie? Any good? What's that? It's the chief. Open the panel, Doc. Gentlemen, meet the knave. But this isn't the knave. Why? Why? Surprise, gentlemen. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No, I don't think so, thanks. Nonsense about Timothy. This coffee needs it. Price, a cherry brandy for Miss Trent. Certainly so. Well, 
It was very decent of you to come down from town at a moment's notice like this. I hope it wasn't too inconvenient. No, of course not. But, but why did you send for me so suddenly? Well, Steve, because... Oh, by the way, I've decided to drop the Miss Trent. It reminded me of a rather elderly lady I met at a garden party. She thought I was part author of Gone with the Wind. <laughs> Cherry brandy, Miss... Oh, thank you. I sent for you, Steve, because I've been thinking of what you told me the other day. You mean about my brother and Max Lorraine? Yes. If your brother was right, and this man Lorraine, alias the knave, really is the big noise behind these jewel robberies, then I think you ought to tell Sir Graham all you know about him. He'd never believe me. This man Lorraine I'm not is... so sure that he wouldn't, Steve. The chief commissioner isn't quite such a fool as people think. He's got his head screwed on all right, even though he won't send for Paul Temple. But they don't even believe my brother was murdered. If they think he committed suicide, then I can prove to them that he didn't commit suicide. If they need any proof. You can? Yes. According to Horace Daly, the landlord of the little general... When your brother came downstairs, he asked him to change a pound note. And Daly then went into the back parlour to get the money. Well? Well, why should he go into the back parlour? There was 37 and sixpence in the till, which was on the bar counter. It doesn't make sense. How do you know this? Because I examined the till when Daly went upstairs to fetch Miss Parchment down. In fact, that's why I sent him. Hmm. Of course, there may be a perfectly simple explanation. Perhaps the landlord oh, yes. didn't want... there may be quite a simple explanation. But there's just one other little point. Your brother was holding the revolver in his left hand. But Gerald was left-handed. Yes, of course. That's just the point. What do you mean? I mean, my dear Miss Trent, that your brother was murdered by someone with... A little too much imagination and not sufficient intelligence. But if it's so very obvious that my brother was murdered, why do the police think he committed suicide? What makes you so certain that the police think he committed suicide? Why, it's been in all the newspapers and even at the inquest. They... You think they know he was murdered? I'm almost sure of it. Then why on earth did they make it out that it was suicide? Surely. I expect they have a reason, Steve. And I shouldn't be surprised if it wasn't a very good one. Who was the lady that was staying at the inn? Miss... Uh... Miss Parchment? She's a retired schoolmistress with a passion for old English inns. Very old English inns. Why do you ask? Oh, no particular reason. I noticed at the inquest, that's all. I called in the little general last time I was down here. I don't trust that man daily. There's something about him that makes me suspicious. Yes. Yes, I can understand that. As a matter of fact, there's something rather peculiar about the inn itself, if you ask me. Why do you say that? Well, according to Miss Parchment, the inn wasn't always called the little general. It used to be known as the Green Finger... Green Finger. That's a peculiar name. Yes, it's peculiar in more senses than one. 
After the Birmingham robbery, the night watchman died. He was chloroformed. Before he died, however, he said, The Green Finger. You don't think this ends? The little general is used as a sort of meeting place? That would account for... Yes, I did think of that. It might be a good idea to have the place watched. Merritt's watching it. He'll let me know if anything funny happens. Merritt? Who's Merritt? Don't tell me you've never heard of Inspector Charles Mortimer Merritt. Dear, oh dear, he would be flattered. Oh, I remember. He was helping Gerald and Chief Inspector Dale over the jewel robberies. Is he a friend of yours? Why, Timothy, yes. Merritt and I get along like a house on fire. He's a funny little devil. Always got some wild sort of theory at the back of his head, but he's really as cute as a box of monkeys. You'd like him. Have you known him long? Mm, about five or six years. He hasn't been in this country all that long. He was out in New Zealand for a little while, I think. Or somewhere like that. If he wasn't so damned rude to his superiors, they'd have had him at the yard ages ago. Paul, do you really think I ought to tell Scotland Yard what Gerald thought about the Nate being responsible? Yes, I do, Steve. Believe me, I'll do all I possibly can to help you, my dear. I promised you that. But until Scotland Yard finally decides... Excuse me. Certainly. Hello? Yes, Paul Temple speaking. Who is that? Oh, Inspector Dale. Hello, Dale. How are you? I'm pretty fit, thanks. I beg your pardon. Yes? Yes. When does he want to see me? Hmm. All right. Tell Sir Graham I'll be there. Thanks for ringing. Goodbye. That was Dale of Scotland Yard. He was speaking for the Chief Commissioner. Well? They want to see me. To see you? That can it only can mean... only mean one of two things. They either want to know the reason why your brother visited me the night he was murdered... Or they've decided to send for Paul Temple. Yes. Inspector Merritt, sir. I'm sorry, miss, but you can't park here. Oh, really, officer? I'm most awfully sorry. I promised to meet a friend here, and... I'm sorry, miss. You'll have to take it round to Victoria Square. But couldn't I stay here for just a little while? I know it's most irregular, Well, but... It won't have to be for long, miss. No, of course not. It's really most awfully kind of... Oh, that's all right, miss. Sorry to be such a nuisance, but you know what it is. We fellows have to keep on the job. Why, yes, of course. I was only saying to the sergeant last Monday, the old parking problem could be settled as easy as pie. If only the local authorities would have the common sense to, uh... To... What's the matter? Look at that lorry coming down the hill. It's going all over the place. What? Kathy must be. Good God, he's going for the pavement. Look out there. Look out. Look out. All right. Come down. Make way there. Make way there, if you don't mind, sir. Give him one time, madam. Get off the pavement, please. Get in one side, sir. Well, now, what's all this? Anybody here? No, thank heaven. 
It was the steering, Constable. As I came around the corner, something went wrong and I... must stop that on. Where the devil is... Hello. What's that bell? Bounce me It's the further alarm. Them wires must have been across the window when I went through. Give him one side, please. Can't get I just a minute, Constable. I feel like a beggar nerd. It's a medical to me. No one was hurt. Why, we must stop that noise. Get on one side, Oh, my, my God, what a splash. Sorry, just it was on top of me. Is kid all right? I don't know. Drop the bag in the back. Be quick. I think I ought to come with you. No. Get back to the dress shop and mix with the crowd. Be quick, Dixie. Be quick. Okay. Take care of that bag. Inspector Meritor. Hello, Charles. This is a pleasant surprise. Just thought I'd drop in for a chat. Happen to be passing? Why, yes, of course. I don't think you know Miss Trent. Inspector Merritt. How do you do, Inspector? How do you do, Miss Trent? I hope I haven't interrupted you. <laughs> of course not, Charles. Have you had dinner? Aye. But if there's any of that really excellent brandy of yours... <laughs> Help yourself, old man. It's on the cocktail cabinet. Ah, thanks. Well, I really think I ought to be getting along, Paul. If you're coming down to town tomorrow, then... I'll pick you up at about three. We'll go along to the yard together, Steve. You really think I ought to tell Sir Graham all I know? Yes. Yes, I do. Very well. Good night, Inspector. Uh, good night, Miss Trent. Say, look here, Paul. I hope I haven't put it in on a private. No, of course not, Charles. Of course not. How's the brandy? Fine. She's a pretty girl, isn't she? Yes. Yes, she is, rather. Surprised you've never met her before. She's a reporter on the Evening Post. What did you say her name was? Trent? Yes. Steve Trent. At least that's the name she works under on the newspaper. Her real name is Harvey. Louise Harvey. She's the sister to Inspector Harvey, the fellow who... Sister? Yes. Well, what's the matter? Oh, nothing. Only... Only I never knew Harvey had a sister. Why wasn't she at the inquest? She was, but she didn't give evidence. Well, any news? I've had the inn watched. Everything seems to be above board as far as I can make out. Mm -hmm. I've checked up on that Green Finger story. The inn did used to be known as the Green Finger, but that's certainly going back some years. I still think there's something funny about that inn, Charles. I don't know what it is, but I intend to find out. Aye, I think there's something there, too. Uh, by the way, you might be interested to know that the chief, in, the chief commissioner wants to see me. He does? Well, that's certainly good news. Of course, he may only want to ask me a few questions about this business with Harvey. On the other oh, hand... Oh, just a minute, Paul. I have got a little news. I was forgetting. One of my men went into the little general yesterday morning, and on coming out, he bumped into another fellow known as Skid Tyler. Skid Tyler? I know anything about him. I don't know. Skid Tyler. Skid... Yes, I've got him. He used to be a driver at Brooklands. He was warned off the track in 1930 and served a term of imprisonment in 19... 
31 for share pushing, or was it 32? I'm not sure which, but... Well, that's the fellow anyway. Uh, I wonder what he was doing with the little general. Ah, that's what I wondered. Sent a man back to trail him, but the idiot bungled the job and skid disappeared. Oh. Did you check up on Miss Parchment? Ah, she's all right as far as I can make out. Retired schoolmistress, lives alone in a small flat near Tottenham Court Road. Passionately fond of reading and old English inns. Seems a hell of a laugh to me, but it sounds genuine enough. Somehow I feel sure that in some peculiar way Miss Parchment fits into all this mystery about the little general, Harvey's murder, the jewel robberies. I don't know how, but I'm sure she does. Well, your lunches aren't up and wrong, Paul. I fail to see how an innocent old dame with a passion for ink... Excuse me. Hello? Paul Temple speaking. Yes? Yes. It's for you, Charles. Oh, thanks. Hello? Who is that? Oh, hello, Sergeant. Aye. 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 Go on. Good Lord. Yes, of course. You'd best take me up here. Yes, goodbye. What's happened? They've done it again. You mean... It's Lemington this time. Frobishes of Regent Street. Fourteen thousand pound worth of stuff. Why, Timothy. There'll be hell to pay over this. When did it happen? At a quarter of an hour ago. Practically in broad daylight. That smash sounds a damn funny business to me. What smash? A lorry crashed into a dress shop which was next door to the jewellers. It was such a devil of a row over the smash that no one took the slightest notice of what was happening next door. Sounds like a cover to me. Aye, that's what I thought. Charles, tell them to hold that lorry driver. Why? Because by Timothy, I bet a favourite skid Tyler. Sorry, Miss Strange. Uh, very interesting. You say that from the very beginning, your brother was under the impression that the brains behind these robberies was this man, uh, Max Lorraine, the man who calls himself the Knave of Diamonds. Yes. Hmm. Well, what do you think of all this, Temple? Well, Sir Graham, I don't think there's any doubt that we're up against a definite criminal organization whose activities are directed by a man who is, well, to say the least of it, out of the ordinary run of criminals. Yes, I agree with you there. But that doesn't necessarily mean that we're up against this man Miss Trent talks about, the knave of diamonds. No, but nevertheless, I think we are, Sir Graham. Harvey was no fool. Harvey was convinced in his own mind that we were up against the knave. And he was murdered. What makes you so certain that Harvey was murdered? It was as obvious as daylight. He was holding the revolver in his left hand. And the poor devil had been shot through the back of his left shoulder. Harvey was left-handed, all right, but I hardly think he was a contortionist into the bargain. Yes, that's true. Harvey was murdered. We spotted it immediately. I was surprised the doctor didn't. Well, the police doctor was down with flu. Dr. Milton came along with the sergeant. He's a retired medico who happens to be an acquaintance of mine. Still, I must admit, I thought it was rather funny. He never noticed it. Uh, Miss Trent, uh, when was the last time you saw your brother? The day before he visited Mr. Temple. Oh, yes, I see. Did he seem cheerful and in uh, normal health? Yes, I think so. We never really saw a great deal of one another, you know. My work kept me busy quite a lot, and he was always dashing out of town on some case or another. Oh, yes, of course. 
I saw Merritt last night, and he told me about this business at Leamington. Did you hold the driver of the lorry? Yes. You are right about that, by the way. It was Skid Tyler. And you questioned him? Not yet. Merritt's bringing him here this afternoon. I've got a feeling that Tyler might talk. Yes, he might. I don't expect he'll know a great deal. He's most probably one of the small fry. On the other hand, you never can tell. Sir Graham. Yes? Why did you send for me this afternoon? Uh, <clears throat> yes, I... Yes, I've been waiting for you to ask that question. Well? Well, ever since these robberies first started, there's been a definite campaign, both in the newspapers and among a certain section of the public, urging us to... To, uh, to send for Paul Temple? Uh, yes, Miss Trent, to <clears throat> send for Paul Temple. Uh, well, I, I don't mind telling you, Temple, the whole damn campaign got me rattled. I was convinced in my own mind that there was nothing you could possibly do to, uh, to assist us in this matter. And now, however, I'm not so certain. You see, Temple, and I'm sure I can speak in confidence before Miss Trent, there are certain aspects about this business which are very confusing, and which, instead of getting clearer, tend towards leading us further and further into a confusing mass of... Well, what seems to be on the surface, melodramatic nonsense. But is it nonsense? That's just the point. Now, now take all this business about the green finger. We know that the little general inn used to be called the green finger. We know that the night watchman murmured the green finger before he died. But what does it mean? What is the green finger? And then secondly, there's the matter of district. That's been puzzling me a lot lately. Why should this organization confine its activities entirely to the Midlands? And then, and then there's another point, and believe me, a very important one. How in heaven's name are they getting the stuff out of the country? And they must be getting the stuff out of the country. Because if it was still over here, you can take it from me, Temple, we'd have it back in 24 hours. Hmm. Well, Sir Graham, I don't profess to be able to work miracles. By profession, I'm a writer. But, well, I must confess, I'm very intrigued by a certain aspect of this affair. Well, then, uh, we can count on you, you to... You can count on me to give you every assistance in my power, Sir Graham. That I promise you. Thank you, Temple. I was hoping you'd say that. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. I oh, well, come in, Dale. Uh, come in. You know, Paul Temple, I believe, uh, Inspector Dale. Yes, yes, Dale, of course. And Miss Trent. How do you do? How do you do, Inspector? I thought perhaps you'd like to know that Inspector Merritt has arrived, sir, with that man, uh, Tyler, Skid Tyler. Oh. Well, uh, when I ring, show them in here. Very good, sir. Would you uh, like to stay while we question this man? Yes. Yes, I would, rather. Good. I should sit over there in the corner, Miss Trent. You'll be out of the way, then. Oh, uh, allow me. A cigarette? Thank you. Oh, have one of these instead. You'd like them better. <laughs> Those are Russian. They're rather on the strong side. Russian? Oh, uh, would you mind if I tried one? No, of course not. You rang, sir? Oh, yes. Uh, tell Inspector Dale, Inspector Merritt, and that man, uh, Skid Tyler, to come in here. Yes, sir.
Sit down, Tyler. Uh, no, over there. What you want? What else you are to drag me along here? If I think I was a blasted criminal. Be quiet. No, that's all right, Dale. Now, listen, Tyler. We're going to ask you a few questions. And if you've got any sense, you'll tell us the truth. What were you doing in Evesham at the beginning of this week? Evesham? Never been near the place. My dear fellow, don't for heaven's sake adopt that attitude. Inspector Merritt saw you there. Didn't you, Merritt? That's right. Outside the little general about three o'clock in the afternoon. What would I be doing outside a pub at three o'clock in the afternoon? Now I ask you. Who said the little general was a public house? Who said so? What? What? What else is this all about, anyway? You don't know me. You can't open it. Last night, my dear fellow, with the aid of a two-ton lorry, you accidentally smashed your way into a very select dress shop. By a strange coincidence, the shop next door happened to be a jeweler's. By an even stranger coincidence, it happened to be robbed at precisely the same moment that you decided to make a closer inspection of Madame Isabel's really remarkable exhibition of spring underwear. What you getting at? I'll tell you what I'm getting at, Skid, but first of all, tell me. You fond of children? Children? Then you must be. I was forgetting. What the hell has children got to do with all this? My dear Skid, you surprise me. Don't you realize you're holding the baby? And by Timothy, what a baby? Holding the... Say, listen, if you're trying to be funny, then I'm... Trying to be funny, my dear Skid. I'm an amateur humorist compared with the crowd you've been mixing with. What? What do you mean? What do I mean? <laughs> oh, our old friend Skid drives the lorry. Our old friend Skid smashes into the dress shop. Our old friend Skid gets arrested. Our old friend Skid visits Scotland Yard. Our old Shut up! Friend... Shut your blasted mouth! My dear Skid, don't be a darn fool. Why should you take the rap? Why should I'm you... I'm not talking. I'm not a thriller. I know it's good for me. You'll talk. You'll talk fast. What were you doing at Evesham? What were you doing near the little general inn? I tell you, I've never been near the place. Skid, listen. This isn't a one-sided little affair like share pushing. This is big stuff. This is crime with a capital C. And you're in it. In it up to the neck. Now talk. All right. All right, I'll talk. But first, I, I want a drink. I, I'm all sorts of pieces. All right. I'll get you some brandy. I've got some in the cupboard. Excuse me, Mr. Kid, what is the green finger? It's the organization that has been responsible for all the jewel robberies. The chief of the gang is known as the Knife of Diamonds. Max Lorraine. Have you ever met this person? Leave me alone, leave me alone. For God's sake, leave me alone. Here, drink this. <coughs> now, Skid, listen, this is important. Have you ever... Have you... Skid. Skid. What's the matter? Look at him. Skid. What is it? He looks the... Pass me that glass, Sir Graham. The glass? But... Good God. You don't mean... He's dead. Dead? Yes. He's dead, all right. What's in the glass, Merritt? Enough cyanide to kill a regiment. But... But that's impossible. Why... It was a new bottle. I, I could... Bo I'd like it to see you, sir. By the I can't see anyone. 
Tell her I'm out. Tell her to... Just a moment, Sergeant. Who is the lady? It's a Mr. Parchment, sir. A Miss Amelia Victoria Parchment. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.